G'day and welcome to episode, this is episode 5 I think, of uh, Homestyle Green. Uh, it's great to have you um, along and thanks for downloading and for listening. Please don't forget that you can um, submit uh, questions and comments and love to hear some feedback about the podcast at comments at homestylegreen.com. That's comments at homestylegreen.com. All right, on today's show, today we're going to talk about uh, central heating, uh, following on from the last session which we talked about uh, individual room heating. So today, uh, as with the previous episodes, I just want to cover the, the basics and then we might delve into some of the, the um, a few more specific examples later on. So uh, as well as covering uh, the general areas of central heating, I also really want to talk about a couple of types of heaters that aren't central heating but maybe often classed as or thought of as central heating. The ones, the main ones that we're going to cover today are uh, types, well I've categorised them as, as air uh, heating just as in the distribution system. Um, and that's one of the key elements of, of a central heating system is, is the fact that the that, that heat is distributed around the whole house. So one method of doing that is to move air around and the, the other most common method is to move water around the, ha- the home. Um, and then there are, like I said, some other ones that are commonly thought of as central, central heating because they, la- they tend to heat a large area. And uh, that would be things like underfloor heating, or even I've seen in ceiling heating. Um, and uh, I know that some people do do some um, clever things, putting pipes in walls and things like that. So we might uh, just look very briefly at those as well. Overall, the the common thing with central heating systems, when we when we use the term central heating, there are three main components to that. One is the type of fuel that is used, so something that's burnt or something that's uh, brought into the home, like electricity, um, some sort of energy source that uh, feeds into an engine. Basically, or a which is often a burner, but it doesn't have to be a burner. Um, if it's a heat pump or an electric system, then that engine is is uh, something that transfers that fuel or the the energy into heat. And then the third component is the the distribution system, which has a a few other components. In it. I guess you could argue that there there are two main parts there there's the distribution system as in the pipes or uh, cables or whatever uh, or, or ducts that are being used and then there's the the outlets of that which can be quite distinct particularly in a in a radiator type type of system so the three main components the fuel the burner and then the distribution system around the home Let's uh, talk firstly about air distribution systems. And what we're commonly talking about here are things like a central wood-fired boiler or a pellet fire or a gas fire that heats up a furnace and heats up air and then uses large, quite large diameter air ducts and a series of fans to push that air around the house and um, 
that comes in the the air comes into the the rooms through vents usually vents in the floor but can be in the ceiling and uh, sometimes in the walls as well the the common types of fuel for that sort of system uh, might be solid fuel uh, so like a pellet fire or or even a wood fire boiler um, but tend more likely to be uh, something like gas or or an electric heater which should give some clues um, right there about the efficiency of that sort of system and let's not forget the difference between efficiency here and effectiveness because most central heating systems are very very effective particularly when when you compare them to the, the general poor standard of heating for New Zealand homes which is generally achieved by individual room heating which is not actually a uh, healthy very healthy or, or in, indeed uh, happy way of living inside a house where you go from one nice warm room to uh, another another cold space which I, I should have mentioned right at the beginning really that, that one of the key motivations of central heating is, is to be able to heat the, the, the whole house uh, which is definitely preferable in terms of comfort and also health so back to our air distribution systems and central heating like i said that common to have a big box uh underneath the house or perhaps even in the roof with uh, gas as the fuel or uh, some sort of form of uh, it, could, it could even be something like diesel or oil uh, heater that heats up um, the air and then with a fan that air moves around and comes in through a duct sometimes in, usually in the floor now in general that's not a particularly efficient way of moving heat around air is not a great um, uh, transferer of air or conductor of of air carrier of, air, of, of heat I should say um, one example I used uh, recently when descri describing that is that you don't see too many air-cooled cars on the road these days. Um, the, the really, the V-Dub was, was the only distinctive one uh, and it has that distinctive sound, which is it's the engine, the cooling system working pretty hard because it's relying on air to keep, keep the engine cool. Most cars rely on liquid to uh, keep them cool and that's simply a reflection of the fact that liquid is a much better method of transferring heat than air so uh, air, air systems are definitely effective um, but they don't tend to be as efficient um, as, as some people may initially think bear in mind um, a, a good rule of thumb there is that you can lose up to one degree per meter of unduct uninsulated uh, flu uh, sorry uninsulated ducting so that uh, across a, a whole house can be significant heat loss through uh, a ducting system so what are, what are the options then that were the other options uh, and how how to how can we more efficiently move that heat around now the obvious one is water and, and this is something that's been done way back uh, to Roman times when they had underfloor heating with, um, with a series of, of channels underneath stone 
slabs in the ground and um, I remember as a child seeing great examples of that in Bath in, in the UK where great heating distribution systems were networks of, of channels underneath uh, ruins where a, a big old grand uh, building would have been kept very warm by warm water uh, flowing underneath the, the house. And that is exactly the same concept uh, as what we do in things like in slab heating today when we run pipes through the slab and then those pipes are connected to a, an, our engine uh, which uh, in turn is the engine is, is fueled by some form of fuel. So that's one method of heating a slab is embedding pipes into that uh, slab or walls. It can be done in walls as well. And then warm water is fed th around those pipes. Now that's a very efficient way of doing things for two reasons. One, because we're relying on the, on the efficiency and effectiveness of, of water to carry that heat. But we're also relying on the thermal mass of the concrete, so that, which will acts like a big thermal flywheel or, or, if you like, a big battery to store that heat over a period of time. So that, that is a very effective heater for, say, the whole of winter or um, certainly a large, a slow cycle. It's not the kind of thing that you would come home and flick on and, and, uh, and heat the room up nice and quickly. But it is the kind of thing that you would turn on, say, in, in May here in the Southern Hemisphere, and, and then you'd leave it on, depending on, on where you are in the country, um, uh, until, say, September or October. Um, of course, reverse that around for the, for the Northern Hemisphere. You turn it on. Uh, you turn it on in, in, in the fall or in autumn and uh, leave it on till um, probably springtime depending on, on your climate. So it, it does a very good job of keeping warm for over a long period of time. Um, so that's all, all well and good obviously in a new build where you can got access to putting things into, uh, setting things into concrete. That doesn't work so well though for the majority of existing houses or all the houses that we have which are existing um, where we particularly where we have wooden floors or, or the concrete slab is already already poured so the option there is the the tried and tested radiators and uh, like I said uh, in, in a previous cast this is something I've actually looked at in in my home um, much to the surprise of, of some people because they thought uh, it was very old technology and uh, thought that I well, had assumed that I would just be looking at heat pumps um, or split, split systems air conditioning, uh, reverse cycle air conditioning. But they're old for, uh, old for a reason, I guess. They've been around for a while and they are very, very effective. And uh, radiators certainly provide a very nice background heat and can uh, keep a, a whole house very warm and dry and healthy for the whole of winter. So definitely a very good option and very effective. Once again, um, diverse range of fuels there and, and engines to drive that. The most common one here would be gas, uh, a gas-fired boiler heating up water. But there are some, there's growing interest in using uh, a heat pump as the engine, uh, in which case electricity is the fuel, uh, usually to drive the heat pump and then the heat pump is heating up water which is circulating through the, the radiator system. The 
there there are other other ways of doing that with things like um, pellet fires and, and solid fuel fires as well and of course lots of people want to know if they can run that on solar hot water which the I, I my my feeling on that is that it's site specific there are so, lots of people I talk to in the industry are adamant that it doesn't work and, and logically using the sun to heat the home during winter is a bit of a stretch it's fine in some climates where you do have lots of clear uh, sunny days during winter even though it might be cold you can still absorb some of that heat from the sun if you've got good solar panels on the roof and I have seen that work uh, in particular in, in particular circumstances however I, I guess the concern is it, it's not 100% reliable because in lots of places there are consistent days where you don't see the sun where it's quite cloudy and, and wet and cold and rainy and that system is very unlikely to work then without some additional backup um, so the, the, the times when I have seen solar being used to successfully heat a home using a, a central uh, water-based ducted system, uh, they've been very bespoke designs and are usually integrated with uh, a whole house heating system which includes a hot water cylinder that's running the, the, the hot water supply and probably have backup fuel sources or engines like a solid fuel uh, log burner as well with a wet back so it's sort of a, a whole integrated system but like i said jury's probably out in that in most cases solar won't work but in some cases it i have seen that it, that it can uh, slightly controversial there so uh keen to uh, find out if, if you've had some experiences in, in that area yourself now the final area i just want to cover off really quickly are things that are not central heating but may often be thought of as central heating the one that comes to, to mind uh, straight away is multi-head heat pumps or, or split system um, heat pumps this is where you have a, a single compressor so that's the big unit that sits outside for your reverse cycle air conditioner and you have more than one uh, head for it so more than one of the inside units there are most of the major brands do systems where you can have two or three heads on a single compressor they're not very common and the reason for that is because they're quite expensive and the the extra cost for that type of system usually doesn't justify uh, the inconvenience of it um, things like having to you can't run one as an air conditioner and one as a, as a heater. I'm not sure why you'd ever want to do that, but unless you had a very bad, poorly performing house. Um, but they're, they're not very common and they're not true central heating systems because they're, they're essentially just a, 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 a multi-head heat pump. Um, in the same vein, heat transfer kits are or, or ventilation systems uh, may often be touted as central heating or, or whole, whole house solutions uh, i'll talk about vent ventilation systems in another episode because there are there are a whole another kettle of, of fish really um, th and and they rank fairly low down on the list of priorities in in my opinion um, certainly after insulation and effective heating 
uh, ventilation systems in themselves are not heaters. And if they are being sold as heaters, they're, they're likely to be a very expensive fan heater because the only way of, of really making them into a heater is putting a, a, an electric element inside them and, and then using the fan to blow that uh, warm air through the house. So you've essentially, essentially created a very large uh, um, blower heater. Um, heat transfer units are, are more, are slightly more simple, but they're they're relying on excess heat from, say, a log burner in the lounge and and sucking some of that heat into another room. They can provide the effect of central heating in that they help distribute heat f- that is from a single room source into other rooms, and they are very very effective, particularly if they're going to a room that's very close by. But remember that uh, that rough rule of thumb that you can lose up to a degree per meter in that sort of ducting. Because again, with these systems, you're you're moving air. So um, just bear in mind that that using air to move heat isn't very efficient. So short distance is fine, but if you're trying to warm up that back bedroom down the the far end of the house, it's not going to happen if you if you lounge. Uh, with the log burner is is right uh, at the other end of the house in in a large home. Finally, we've got things uh, under under floor heating, uh, under floor electric heating or under tile heating. Um, very very effective. People love their under under tile heating, their under floor heating. Uh, usually they love it for a month um, because after the first month they get the power bill. Um, now, underfloor heating, I discussed briefly last time because it is a single room option and it is essentially an electric heater that's spread out uh, under, under a large surface area. Now, it's tempting to think that if you have an electric element that's spread out underneath tiles, particularly on a concrete slab, then you've, you're going to have some efficiency in that thermal mass effect that we talked about earlier. Unfortunately, that's offset by just the pure inefficiency of the the standard electric resistive heater, um, which when I say is inefficient, it's working at 100% efficiency. But because the the area is is usually quite large, um, then it it's just a very very expensive way of doing things. If you if you consider the surface area of a um, a, a ceramic wall heater or even a, a, an electric column heater. A an in-floor system is similar to that, but um, much, just much bigger because it's spread out o- over a wider area. So they're the the main systems that I wanted to cover. This is just an introduction to those, and I, I'm pretty keen to delve down uh, deeper into those and also hear some feedback and uh, hear from people about systems that they prefer and and what. Um, what experiences you might have had with with one or the other, or perhaps others that I haven't mentioned here. Um, so we've covered off the, the main heater types. We've covered off individual room heaters and uh, central heaters. But uh, the main thing to take away from central heating was the, the, the main concepts with common to all systems are that there is a fuel, uh, a central burner, and then a distribution system. And secondly, air generally is not a very efficient way of transferring heat um, but water is and there are some very good solutions and systems out there that uh, that are capable of doing that 
That's it for me today. Thank you very much for listening to Homestyle Green. I'm Matthew Cutler-Welsh. Please do head on over to homestylegreen.com and we'd love to hear your comments. Uh, You can email me at comments at homestylegreen.com and uh, yeah, I'd love to get some some comments up on iTunes as well. Leave leave some feedback there, and uh, I'd love you to if you, to uh, to rate the show as well. And that way, other people uh, it'll jump up the list a little bit, and other people will uh, will get to join our our community. Thanks so much, and uh, look forward to talking to you again next time. <laughs>